Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. The show is a breakout from the CBS News Weekend Roundup, and every week we discuss issues including race and gender. We are commemorating Native American Heritage Month. Right now, some 3.7 million Native American and indigenous people around the nation are facing direct threats to their land and culture over everything from rising waters and temperatures to glacier melt. Coastal villages from Louisiana to the Pacific Northwest to Alaska are watching their natural resources vanish and worrying about the possible effect as they move inland or to higher ground. The 3,000-member Quinault Indian Nation has a village called Tahola, west of Seattle, separated from the Pacific by a 10-foot seawall. More than 800 people live there, over 600 in the lower village, which is at risk. The Quinault Nation senior planner, Kelsey Muldinke, joins us to explain. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Well, climate change is, is affecting the Quinault Nation. Uh, the glacier at the head of the Quinault River uh, in Olympic National Park uh, over the last century has, has disappeared, which has adversely affected uh, fish runs. Uh, then, and salmon uh, has great cultural and economic value uh, to the Quinault. Uh, and then coupling that with um, the potential for rising sea, sea level, uh, we already have, if there's a high tide and a, just a minor storm in the winter, uh, we get floods, uh, or we get, we get coastal flooding uh, in the lower village. Uh, you can take a canoe sometimes uh, from, from First Street over to the police station. Uh, so so there's, there's some depth to that. Uh, and that's only going to get worse as... Uh, sea levels rise. And then coupled with that, uh, we have a second threat of, of tsunami uh, from a, a large quake on the Cascadia subduction zone just off the coast. Uh, we're 321 years into a 300 to 500 year cycle. Uh, so we have the two, the two threats to the village. Uh, even if you were to elevate uh, homes and businesses and public buildings out of the sea level rise threat, uh, you still have the tsunami threat to deal with. Uh, so the nation made the choice uh, to to relocate uh, to higher ground. So for people that can't see this village, tell me a little bit about what it looks like now and tell me about what people hope it will look like if you are able to move to higher ground. All right. There are about 170 homes in the lower village, as well as community facilities, the mercantile, which is the, the one store, the post office. Uh, the community center, the the village is is right up against the right up against the ocean at the mouth of the Quinault River. Absolutely gorgeous. You get eagles uh, flying up the river all the time. Uh, but it is it is 
very low lying. Uh, and so what we hope to have uh, in the new location uh, up the hill, about a quarter mile uh, from the existing lower village, uh, is, is a walkable village uh, with new and expanded facilities uh, to meet the growing needs of, of the Quinault Nation. Uh, a new school, the school is in the lower uh, village, uh, and we'd like to have close to 250 new homes. Uh, there's a need, uh, obviously, for the folks in the lower village to move up, as well as, as a need for people who want to move back to the reservation. Um, we want to make sure that, that we preserve uh, the water, uh, treat storm water, uh, so that we're not polluting the river where the fish, run, fish runs are. And we'd like to make sure that culture and art is incorporated into architecture and the streetscape in the new village. Do you all do you already own this land and is a quarter mile going to be enough? So the the new village, their elevation ranges from 125 to 165. So we're well well above uh sea level rise and the tsunami. Uh the tsunami is expected at worst case to inundate about to a depth of about 50 feet. So this is well above uh, the danger zone. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, there is higher ground uh, adjacent to uh, the, the lower village. The Quinault Nation is far from the only sets of Native Americans and indigenous people who are in danger from climate change, right? This runs way beyond the Pacific Northwest. Right. There are several tribes uh, looking in, the, in Washington state uh, to move to higher ground as well as many Alaska Native groups and uh, the Ile de Jean Charles and other, and other uh, groups uh, in Louisiana. And we've met with, with representatives of those groups, and, and a lot of the times our stories are, are, are very similar. How long have your people lived on this land? The, the Quinaults have lived here since time immemorial. So... What message does the Quinault Nation have for the world leaders who were just meeting in Scotland? The time has come to to face climate change. Uh, it's not just indigenous groups that are that will be facing um, adversity uh, from the risk of rising waters and and uh, economic uh, havoc, like like faces the Quinault with the fish runs and the and the the clams, the, the razor clams being affected by ocean acidification uh, the, the time has come to to make to make changes in, in how we in how we live and how and how the government our governments everywhere but in our case how the US federal government uh, looks at climate change and how it will work with local groups whether they be uh, Indian Indian nations or or cities uh, to better fund climate relocation. Talk to me a little bit about some of the businesses the Quinault Nation does and what kind of resources there are that will make it possible for them to continue once this village and anyone else that has to relocate is relocated. The Quinault has has a, a, a vibrant fishing community uh, and and there is other seafood harvest. Uh, there's, a, the, there's an ocean fishing fleet as well as the, the river. Uh, harvesting, uh, and Quinault has tourism businesses and and other stores. 
And those are all and those are all things that will be able to continue once the village is able to move. And, and what's your timetable, actually, for trying to make that move? Well, fishing, the fishing related business uh, will stay uh, in the in the, down by the river. I mean, that's where the, the fish are. Uh, but the funding relocation timetable is really dependent on funding. Uh, we have completed plans for our first neighborhood. Uh, but paying for that, we're, we're trying to um, get funding aligned for that. Uh, but even even some of the funding that has come out of, of the relief package, uh, there are all sorts of strings attached uh, where we may not be able to build everything that we need to kind of in a timely timely manner. Uh, but how we've set this up is, is to do this in, in, in phases. And a lot of it has to do with with funding. It's not an it's not a cheap project. It's eighty to one hundred million dollars for roads, sewer, water, stormwater facilities, power facilities, uh, and public public buildings that we need to move. And this funding is coming from the U.S. government. This likely will have to come a lot from the U.S. government. Uh, the first building that we did, the Juan Escuela Al or Generations Building, uh, to house the senior program and the early childhood education program, that was self-funded by the nation. Uh, The nation has purchased the land for uh, the new village. Uh, But after that, the federal government may well have to fund a good portion of the project. I mean, Quinault will still be be contributing, but just given the the sheer size of the project, the sheer cost of the project, there will have to be other other sources uh, helping the Quinault and the U.S. federal government has a trust responsibility uh, to the Quinault uh, and 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 should should be on the hook for helping fund this project. Kelsey, let me ask you, and I don't know if you've talked to many people in the village. How how are people feeling about this? Are are they angry? Are they are they scared? There there is a a, a, a range of of opinions on on the move. Uh, the nation itself, the the general council, which is the voting membership of the nation, uh, did approve a resolution to move the village. Uh, so that there's there is certainly support for that move, and it is being initiated by the nation itself, not by not by an outside government, not the federal government, not the state government. Uh, but there's a real desire, I think, for some people to stay in that lower village, down by the river, down by the ocean, uh, down where they've always lived, down where their parents and grandparents lived. People recognize the danger, and a lot of folks uh, think it's a great idea uh, for for their children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews uh, to have a place out of out of the danger zone. But no, it's, it, there's, uh, there's a real desire for folks to, to, to stay down where they've, they've always been. Let me ask you, I, I know you're a senior planner. So if you look 20 years even in, in front of us now, and there are many projects like this, as you said, happening in other uh, Native America and Native American and indigenous villages, do you see that culture continuing as it does now, or is it going to be a completely different kind of thing? In other words, a, a complete loss of culture. I, I, I think culture is resilient enough to to withstand moving 
a quarter mile or a half mile. Uh, the village, the the environment in the village will be will be different, uh, being up on the hill and in the forest versus down at the river. Uh, but these are resilient people, and uh, the culture I don't I don't think will be will be destroyed. There still will be access to the river uh, and the fishing grounds and the beaches. It's just not quite as as close. It's not where you wake up every day. I get it. I guess I guess I was thinking more more globally, more more nationally, because ah. there uh, because uh, because there are other other villages than this one, right? I was just oh, wondering yeah. if if people are having to move, and in some cases farther than the Quinault Nation in this village is having to move. If they're having to move away from where, as you said, their ancestors were, where their parents and grandparents were, will it change things? at a very deep level, do you think, for people? I, I certainly think there are going to be some situations where, where that is the case. Um, some of the folks in Louisiana are looking to move tens of miles from, from, from the ancestral home. Uh, and so I can't imagine that wouldn't have some sort of an effect on, on, on their culture. So, Kelsey, what does the nation need from the federal government? I think that the federal government needs to really focus on centralizing uh, relocation in in one agency, have an agency take the lead, and the funding that's available, uh, try and coordinate it. Because right now, you go to one one agency for one type of funding and another agency for another type of funding, and those agencies aren't even set up uh, to fund projects like this. Uh, and so doing a holistic project with roads, housing, and utilities is, is, is very difficult. It's very difficult to get funding because that's just not what they're used to, to funding and trying to put all these disparate uh, funds together uh, is, is very difficult. And, and there just needs to be some sort of centralized leadership uh, in one agency uh, at the federal level, uh, I think for for relocations, whether on reservation or off reservation, uh, to succeed. That was the Quinault Nation senior planner, Kelsey Moldinke. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Tuesday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.